You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. So Sid Talk, we were just looking at movie posters. Before the and, after the show discussion. And um, we were saying how there's a difference between, like, some movie posters are... Shitty. <laughs> not, Let's just put it out not there. Not shitty, but like more just kind of promotional. It almost looks promotional. I mean, so some are like the image, the images, but there's not really much thought put into it. I'm looking at Fast and the Fast and Furious Six, and it's interestingly enough, those movies are about cars. The cars completely hidden almost by all the people. Maybe that was a conscious thing. Maybe not. But still, it it's an interesting image, but. It's is that interesting? What are you talking no, about? No, to me, I like it. It follows. If you look at all the all the movies, they follow a certain. But theme. that is not an interesting image, right? Interestingly, that they're all covering the cat. Maybe there's a reason for that in the plot, but whatever. It's just um, we have a different definition. A poster put together to sell the movie. Here's the stars of the movie, and that's generally what most are. Yep. Then occasionally you see some artistic posters, um, but very rarely. So what I was saying to you was, there's a movement of people who redo movie posters. Not officially, they don't get the licenses for them. They just go out there and say, hey, my favourite movie is The Shining. The poster to The Shining is kind of boring. I could make a better one. And then they create one. And they even go to the painstaking details of having the whole cast and looking like a real movie poster. It's not painstaking, that's part of a movie poster. Um, I mean, to... Yeah, they're going make it to a movie deta- poster. Yeah, so um, there's a guy called Ollie Moss... Who and Mondo, if you've ever heard of Mondo posters, they make limited edition kind of fan versions of posters. It was really just an art inspired by that thing and then made into prints. And it's all a very particular style and... It we, isn't, I mean, we get to looking, and it did have a little bit of variations, but you can tell he hits on a thing that people who like that artsy look It kind of strips to. it down. Like, it, it, if say it's Silence of the Lambs, for instance, the mask that um, Anthony Hopkins... You're just pulling this out of your head, this doesn't exist. It does, because I just looked at it on, on the internet. Um, I just looked at, I thought all of them on his site. Might not be Molly Moss, but it's Mondo. Mondo, so the, right. So the, the picture is, it's just a face with the... Hannibal Lecter's bite masker thing on and then it just says Silence of the Lambs so it if you look at the original poster of Silence of the Lambs it's very promotional it's a picture of Jodie Foster and it's pretty generic well there's one that's got the butterfly moth thing on it but there is but that wasn't the main poster generally the main poster is like a picture of the star or the stars and it because that's how it sells them but then you come across ones like Django which are cool because you've got the Django Unchained one with the chain, I think. One with a broken chain. Which and I got. Black and on the red. Wall. Yeah, exactly. Chasing Amy even is more interesting. I mean, it is the picture of the star lady, but it's still in, more interesting to look at. Train spotting. I, think, is just I mean, text. I do artsy things. I'm not an artist. Like, professional artist or anything. And I do... I'm not bragging. I'm not. Because I don't understand all of the techniques and everything. And I wouldn't be a professional at it. But I think I'm quite good at graphic things. Maybe you should make a movie poster for one of our favorite <laughs> movies of your own. Yeah, but I don't do that, though. I don't like things that you already exist. You could do that, though. 
I know, but I'll find it interesting. I think you should do that for me. I think you should make me a, yeah, but I don't find it interesting. a drive poster. Right, but I'm not gonna, so... You can buy you a drive poster. But anyway, my point was, if you're interested in a different... You get kind of bombarded with movie posters. Right, and what I was getting at was, I kind of I like doing graphic design. I like doing pictures. I like drawing things. So when I look at movie posters, and if you read the reviews, I write, the covers of the boxes and the movie posters are so boring. Like, it's so... It's mind-numbing. I can't... You saying that that is interesting makes me want to poke my eye out because I'm like, what are you talking about? It's a bunch of what, idiot what movie find, stars What I find there, really interesting about it is how the the series is about cars and they're all covering the car. But that doesn't make it an interesting image. That makes it interesting to me because I'm intrigued why the car isn't the star. But that doesn't make it interesting. That's an image. So... That's what, when I look at them, I'm just like, ugh, 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 ugh. So it's nice. Like, even I like that cover for Two Guns better than most. It's kind of graphic looking. It's colorful. And I'm not saying I like graphic art more than fine art. I love it all. I like it all. But sometimes it's like people are completely uninspired at all. Oh, there's a lot of that. Yeah. In fact, there's a lot of, I've seen when we've reviewed Blu-rays three or four weeks in a row. It looks like it was done by the same guy. It's like that one where they put little boxes, boxes and then yep. put five faces in the boxes and then have a, a bit of like cool looking script, script or something. Or it's like the face at an angle up close and then in the and then kind of pasted in the corner is like a, a truck or Even a house like or this. a street. Exactly. exactly. I'm showing I'm showing this like the cover to Passion. It's just very bleh. Yeah. I mean, it's... It tells you nothing about the movie. It tells you nothing about the which vibe Which is good. Of the movie. You don't want to know... No, I mean, it tells you nothing about the vibe of the movie at all. No. Whereas Two Guns, it, I instantly understand what I'm about to get right. in for. So, um, it, I, all I was trying to say is, if you want to go and look at a different perspective on movie posters, go and look at Mondo and Ollie Moss's um, website. There's some real... He, he, Oli Moss in particular has some really awesome, if you're really into Star Wars, Star Wars posters that I think are better than the actual Star Wars posters. Or you could just do a search for unofficial movie posters and I bet you would find... You might find some naughty ones, but... Because I'm sure people have taken movies and turned them into porno posters and stuff, but it's so well, interesting. I've seen posters of porno movies too. But then Famous nothing ones. really beats some of the classics... Jaws is just, that's one of those graphic images that I've always been, I love, love it, love it. I'd have e. it is huge. One. I don't find that one that interesting. You don't find the moon with the shadow of the Not bike? Not really. I, I always, it sticks because of being a kid. Like it. Right, but it's more, nos, more nostalgic than yeah. it is good. Um, <laughs> Psycho is one that really sticks with me. Her face? No, his face and the house on the hill. Hmm. Well, you're just remembering them. I don't know if that makes them interesting to look at. They just... Carrie is a good... Carrie's a good one. Where you can't forget the image. Exactly. Because like, so, the image in the movie is unforgettable too. But anyway, it's, it's Saturday, November the 30th, 2013. This is after the show number 303. The movie we're looking at this week is Two Guns. It's a 2013 movie. It's already been released on Blu-ray, so you can pick it up now. It's a rated R. Um, for, And it's got some nudity. So, if you're Barely. offended by nudity. Barely. And it's from our friends at Universal. We looked at the Blu-ray version. And Sid Talk, give us a synopsis of the movie Two Guns. Really? You're still asking me for synopsises? 
Um, it's not going to be as short because I don't know how to synopsize this. It's complicated. <laughs> Heists and double crossings and money. That's it. <laughs> That's pretty good. All right. So because what would you say? It's not a buddy movie, but mm-hmm. it's a couple of dudes who. Yeah. But they're not. So it's a really tough one. It's a tough one. Yeah. It is really. It's yeah. Kind of, it's kind of a action comedy, but not comedy. Not 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 Rob. No. Not Turner and Hooch, but is that a comedy? No. <laughs> Why in the hell of the thousands think, of comedy movies you've seen of in buddy, your life? Buddy. That's not a buddy movie. It's a dog and Tom Hanks, and it's not even. Oh, they're so buddy. Oh my it? god! They Think love of each a, other. okay. Now I'm challenging you. What's a f- actual funny movie to use as a good example? Funny. Uh, of a buddy movie, like it could be anything, any comedy that's funny. Anchorman. Okay, there's a good comedy movie. How would that not come to your mind? But Turner and Hooch from like two thousand. Oh god, two thousand years ago. I was gonna say which one's like, Turner and which one's Hooch. I don't know. I imagine Tom Hanks is Turner and if Hooch. If you don't is know, the... then the the fact that you used it as an example <laughs> is even more hilarious. I liked Turner and Hooch when I was a child or a teenager or whatever. Right, I was. I'm just saying it's not the it's not the shining beacon of all comedies. <laughs> all right, so two guns. Um, I didn't know. Well, I kind of. It's, it's a funny one, Two Guns, because you can look at the cover and it's got Denzel Washington and Mark Wahlberg with some guns and money flying around. And I was like, I don't know, I've never seen a trailer for this or anything, so I went in blind to it. And I was thinking, I actually was thinking it was a serious movie, similar to Safe House that we watched uh, with Denzel Washington last year. I was, thinking, I was thinking it was going to be a, you know, a, a action serious action movie but it's not really and it's made clear from the beginning of when Two Guns starts that it's it's a lot of but it's not like Lethal Weapon or anything like that it's not no like but it makes Royce it quite money. clear that it's tongue in cheek a little bit I think the only thing that makes it not heavy is the Mark Wahlberg character yeah Everything and he's else. in every frame almost but everything else is pretty heavy there's lots of murdering there's there lots is of but it's done in that See, and this is one of the things I was going to mention while reviewing this film. It reminds me of a Michael Bay film. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking like, we just watched one, Pain and Gain. It or, has, or The Rock, or... Or, not Michael Bay, but um, like Man on Fire kind of, you yeah. know. Not yeah. that style. It's almost but... like a mixture of Tony Scott and Michael Bay. It's, yes. It's got like comedy and cool action. And it as it's a mishmash of that, and that's how I felt watching it. I was like, "Wow, this is." We just watched Pain and Gain, which is Michael Bay telling a true story, but in a kind of hokey kind of like I'm I'm gonna. This is a really heavy topic, and I don't want it to be that heavy. So it's kind of goofy a little bit. The bad guys are a little bit goofy. The this is what this one does too. You know, so the the bad guys are slightly larger than life. I have to say, this is based on a graphic novel, so... But I don't find them goofy at all. Not goofy, but they're, they're really... Li- they're, they're not real... Not realistic. They're a bit... Mm. Tuned up for a movie. That's how I see them. Especially Bill Paxton. I don't know that he is. I mean, he is a bit of a caricature, but not too Almost. much. You just must not never know anybody that 
I've never known anybody. I don't mean that kind of. I don't mean that kind of violence. I mean that kind of personality with that accent and that attitude. They do exist in this world. Well, anyway, I was expecting serious, and this is quite funny a lot of the time. And yeah, it's it's not just Matt Wahlberg that's funny in this movie. I I found a lot of people funny in it. I found um, Bill Paxton actually really funny, even though he was being like sinister, and the. Other guy. They, just everybody had some funniness to them. Like, what, the, there was funny lines all the way through. You look like you disagree. Yeah, that. I disagree. I don't think he was funny. But it's uncomfortable. I don't think... I don't sit there and smirk at, like, oh, this guy's quite a caric- character. Right, and, and I found him horrible, very funny. he's being horrible, so that makes him funny. Funny, to me, was just Mark Wahlberg's character being so kind of naive and kind of, like, open and just real cocky sometimes. And the shit he would say and get other people to kind of go along. And some of it know. was stupid, what Mark Wahlberg said. A little bit. Yeah, like, it was it was venturing on TED territory occasionally, and I was like... Ooh, I didn't think it that bad. And I was like, uh, and he, you know, fat jokes, and it, it was a bit like, uh... Just uh, one. Two fat jokes, actually. Um... And then I was like, oh, you know, oh, yeah. that, that's, it's just a bit too much. But then the character was kind of likable at the end of the day. Like, And there's, you know, there's a lot of twists in this movie I don't want to spoil. But it twists all over the place like it's that kind mm-hmm. of movie. Where you don't, you're like, oh, this is it, this is, oh, it's that. You know, at first I was like, oh, this is a heist movie. And there's the deal. In a movie where, because I'll just say it right now. I was completely into this movie, almost from immediately. It was every scene, every shot. Yeah, there was some goofy dialogue. Yeah, there's those things where the front of your brain that wants to criticize is going, really? Really? And if it's a movie like last week's movie, then all of that stuff is bigger to me, and that makes the movie shitty. In a movie that everything else is really interesting to me and really engaging my brain and I care about the people or I don't care about them but I'm interested to see what's going to happen. I'm waiting for the next line and the next like gesture and the next movement of their body even. I mean, I'm like I was totally into it. So the flaws that start like it's like this, like a little sign that goes up in your in front of your face like, "Oh, that's a little bit hokey." I just was like, "Fuck it, I don't care. Throw it away. Throw it away. I'm focusing on the good stuff." Because ultimately that's what this is. It's a fun action movie. It has violence and stuff, but yeah, I wouldn't say it's a fun action movie. I think it's got a lot of un- it's got a lot of violence. I mean, you so wouldn't. I, think that I, w- to, I would say right, it's but fun. Dis- to dismiss the horrible violence as saying it's fun, I don't think that's fair. I don't think the violence was particularly. Uh, it was cartoonish, almost. It was- yeah, but it was point blank murdering people right in their face. That was unnecessarily and violently. So no, I don't think that's fun. I know that it's men who seem to find that kind of shit really ooh. Like, and it was kind of silly. Like there, there was a, like a car chase where the cars were going sideways towards each other. I mean, there's just some real. B- right, but that I'm talking about the violence, though. Some of it's really up close and really horrible. It's not gory or anything, but I mean, it's really like. That's where I don't think fun is the right word for me for overall of the movie. Yeah, and to me, that's what it is. It's like switch your brain off kind of movie because it's. While the plots... And have fun with all these horrible murders. <laughs> yeah, see? You have to balance it out. You can't just get, dismiss it because it's, it's there. It's exactly the same as what I said about pain and gain. And that was even more amplified because it was a real story, right? That was a true story that Michael Bay was telling. 
in a fun way. And it was full of violence and it was full of like horrible things. But I found that Pain and Gain really worked because Michael Bay kept stepping back from it and saying to you, the audience, see how ludicrous this is? What's happening? It, how could this be a true story? But it is. Like, it worked in that way. Now, this one's not a true story. It's based on a graphic novel. Graphic novels are super hyper-tuned up anyway, aren't they? They're, they're, like they said, they explain the graphic novel. It's kind of like a spaghetti western, but with cops, modern-day... It's They were trying for all those different vibes. So this movie, it works in that respect. I didn't know it was a graphic novel until the final credits, like where it said based on the graphic novel. I was like, oh, wow, now I'd like to see what that is. But then when it showed it, he didn't look that interested in the graphic novel. What did you think of that? Well, it showed really it in the extras. I saw like two or three I just, the, I didn't drawings. like the artwork, didn't really... And the dialogue in the bubbles was a bit like... Mm, it seemed very... I'm not sure if that's a fair assessment without actually reading something. I read that. I read a couple of those panels, and they, I know, the dialogue like, was very. It almost it was way basic dialogue. Yeah, but graphic novels aren't novels. No, but they some do some good graphic novels things. come across really well, like Watchmen. If you read the graphic novel of Watchmen, it doesn't come across like that. So. It doesn't make me want. I was to... like, give it a chance though. Just looking at a couple of panels on the extras might not. Have and it's called the graphic novel's called Boom, mm-hmm. um, and it's the story of these two guys, um, and it spanned, you know, a lot of issues. Um, so, yeah, it you don't need to know it's a graphic novel. Now you do. <laughs> no, I'm saying you don't. It, it, you wouldn't know. I don't <laughs> think if you, if you if you left when the credits started, you would never know. It's just. You know, I mean, it's irrelevant completely because it's just a story. But yeah. if you're a fan of it, I guess there's stuff in there, and there is stuff in there, masks and things, mm-hmm. that are, are panels from the book. Um, so, yeah, I liked it. In parts, I didn't like it. What parts didn't you like? Um, Without giving anything away, but I mean, I liked almost all of it. I had felt like... It's, the, some of the humour is way, like, sure. annoying to me. Like, I was annoyed by some of it. I was like, oh, yeah. But they say lines like this. Nobody likes you. Well, nobody likes me. Nobody likes me. And then he says crazy shit that you that makes you not want to like him. So they're telling you, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. telegraphing to you. This guy's gonna say shit that's gonna make you not like him. So then I was okay with it. I don't like what he's saying, but I get where I get what we're supposed to be. I liked no the the parts that I did like were really. I, th- I think it had some really good stunts and action. It looked oh yeah, the fight, the thing, everything was amazing. It looks like it. You know, they spent the money wisely to make it seem like a... I don't know if it was a lower budget or whatever, but it seemed like there was stuff going on all the time. Like, I know you don't like car chases. It's a very brief car chase. But it's good. Probably about the right size for you because yep. it lasts less than a minute, probably. And it's good. Oh, no, it was more than a minute. Then there's... No, they, they basically just took off in some cars, smashed through two fences, and then that happened. So yeah, it was really short. Like I was like, well, that, that, comparing to last week, which the whole movie was a chase. <laughs> Comparatively, yes. Yeah, so um, yeah, it's a short car chase. There's lots of gun battles. You know, there's some interesting things with a farm. Mm-hmm. But um, Here's my least favorite thing that could have been plucked out of this movie and had no impact except for... A little bit of the story had would have to be kind of retooled. Is this to do with the cast? 
Um, it's not just the cast, it's actually the way this character is in the movie, is the woman character. It's, it's like... And she is part I mean, of the I really novel. enjoyed the, the whole thing, and then every time we're coming back to her, I'm like, oh my god, it's just so poor, it just, it's like it's plugged in, you know? It's unnecessary, or it's not put in there right, it doesn't fit with anything else, and as we move on to the cast, part of it I is I mean, it's a, plot, it's a plot element, but it's... Yeah. I don't mean her. I don't mean the... I mean, just overall, the whole arc of that character being fundamental to things. And it's, it's a female just, character. Um, I, I mean, it's a plot element, but it's... Yeah, you could take it out and it still worked the movie. Well, it? you'd have to you'd have to rewrite it yeah. because it's, it's pivotal. But the way it is, it's so old-fashioned... She tries to put a little twist on yeah. it, but it just doesn't work for me. So, um, yeah, it's a action movie. It's funny. We've we've. Um, I didn't find it funny like as a movie. I found him. No, funny. I found it funny. Like it, it was like Pain and Gain. I found Pain and Gain funny, even though it was hideous what was going on. The Rock made me laugh all the time in that movie. The performance here by Mark Wahlberg is. He was in another movie, Contraband, by the same director. That's the total opposite of this, character-wise. That character was very, very serious. This character is just goofy. Like, he's inappropriate. He's cocky. Really yeah, super cocky. goofy, but I know he's, yeah. Inappropriate, cocky. Um, thinks that he's invincible. Like, like... But he is. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> but I'm saying this, so it, it leads this... And the chemistry between him and Denzel Washington, who is also, surprisingly enough... Quite light-hearted at times. But not be Like, you kind of, I kind of know what to expect from Denzel Washington, and he wasn't doing that. Yet. Exactly. So that made that good, too. So moving on cast, Denzel Washington. He plays Robert Trent. Totally surprised me. Yeah. He's really having a laugh and a fun time with this. He's, it, it, he just did Flight, and he mentioned that in the um, extras. Which is a very heavy, serious movie. And it's so awesome. And And he he does an awesome, awesome And then he did this, and he said he wanted to do something a bit lighter and not be so serious. I think being opposite Mark Wahlberg, who it looks like in the extras, and you've seen him in other extras, he's just this sort of like, he's a poker, he's like a jokester and like a thing. I'm I'm sure he's super business-minded, he's really into his own self and promoting and all that shit. But he's also got this sort of like... I don't know, like like a jokester, and he also he. It's like he gives you no room for just taking a breather, and I think he just hammers away at you in the scene, or what, and he'll say crazy shit. He actually seems like he's in charge of the show, doesn't he, Matt Wahlberg? When kind he's on of. the set, to me, like he seems like he uh, has a lot invested. In, you know, he's a, he is a producer on this movie, and right, but he seems like he's really heavily involved with stuff, and. The, the chemistry between him and... It just seemed... They showed you some... In the extras, they show you some of them just raw footage of them sitting down at the uh, restaurant table just doing some lines with each other. I think that Wahlberg well, doesn't to me, think of him as precious like everybody else. No, does. it just seemed like he was having a... They're just buddying around, having a laugh. Like, uh, let's, see what, let's see what we can... Let, let's, you know, improvise a bit and see what's funny, what's not. And he comes across always good, I think, in this movie. And Mark Wahlberg, you know... It borderlines on pretentious actors kissing, kissing up to each other a little bit in, like, in the, certain times. But because I was enjoying it, I didn't really care. 
Um, so yeah, Denzel Washington. It's a different turn for him, and he did. As he, I'm trying to think of a comedy that he'd been in. Anything funny. I don't think of this as a comedy. I know you don't. You've said that. but um, I know I've said it. I'm just saying you keep repeating it. But I don't, I don't want to give people the wrong impression is my this point. This has definitely got comedy elements But it's to not it, a comedy. It's not Lethal Weapon. It's not that kind of movie. It's got humor. This isn't Flight that Denzel Washington no. was just in. That's what I'm saying. No. So it, but it's it, not a comedy. He actually has jokes. And he actually has... But I don't want people going to get it and going, oh, this is a comedy with action. It's not. It's an action movie with some humor. Right, so all I'm saying is, I don't think, regardless of this film, I was trying to think of a movie that Denzel Washington had been in that is a comedy. Or that he's got any humor at all. No, that is a comedy, where he's being funny the entire time. And I couldn't think of one. And I was... I don't think so. It's really hard to think... I don't think there is one, because even he said in the extras, some of his friends said to him, why haven't you done comedy? Then he said, I don't think this is a comedy, but... Exactly. He and I agree. Yeah, you agree, obviously. <laughs> but um, I think that it he has a lot of comedic lines in this movie. Hence, this is kind of a comedy role for him. I just see it differently. It's not Beverly Hills Cop. No. But it's not flight, either. It's very light-hearted in terms of a yeah, violent movie. There's a movie. lot of stuff in between there that doesn't have to be comedy or drama, you know? I would definitely class it, personally, as a comedy action movie that's inaccurate and I would I would stack it if I was in a video shop if video shops still exist (laughs) right next to Pain and Gain it would be if you like Pain and Gain you would like this movie oh I disagree you could have a double bill of them and that's it Uh, I don't uh, think that's easy to categorize but what it's more of an action movie and I don't think just because you like Pain and Gain you'd like this movie but it could be recommended I was just saying Matt Wahlberg it's, he's sure. funny in both movies. Pain and Gain, he's funny. It's a similar goof, goofy character. Mm, we just disagree. You you disagree that Pain and Gain, Mark Wahlberg, wasn't goofy? No, I think that's true, but I don't think he's a similar character in this movie. No, um, I'm talking about like similar vibe, like one-liners, quippy, the entire time. Like, both movies. Mm. I didn't really see it that way. I don't know how you could watch Pain and Gain and not get it. I didn't that. say not Pain and Gain. This one that we're talking about Right, now. and he wasn't quippy and all the time, like a smart-ass quipping back Not every single of... line, no. I think that there was a lot of them, but then there were other really straightforward moments, and then there was the... I don't think there was much straightforward moments from Matt Wahlberg in this movie. I must have seen this different to you completely, but yeah. he was being a smart-ass the entire time for me, and that's why I said there was parts of it where I was annoyed by it. It's like, oh... You can you don't you can dial it down a little bit sometimes, but you're not like even when it, there's some serious scenes, he was still being a. I know that was the character in the comic mm-hmm. book, but um, so Paula Patton plays Deb, um, rubbish, terrible. Oh, thank! I don't think she was terrible, but oh my god! No, I thought she was terrible. She was the like compar- overly stylized. Yes, first off, and oh, she almost was like. Almost like... There's a woman in the comic, I had a look at some of the panels, that's similar to a like, sexy Latino woman. But she, it was, she was really two-dimensional in this movie. I think that's how I would say it. She's just... And she didn't pull it off very good. Here's the woman. Oh, look, she's hot. And she's also tough. 
But she's not. That's the <laughs> yeah, idea. And then, and then sometimes she is, but no, when it comes down to it, she's she not. she has that raspy kind of voice sometimes, which I find really fucking annoying. I don't know why anyone thinks that's appealing. And no, it's not the way she is, because we've seen her in other things, and she has different... It's just this, oh my god, I'm with Mark Wahlberg and Denzel Washington, and I have to... Someone decided that I'm good enough to be in their, you know, cross from them. I'm not saying they're fantastic or perfect or anything, but... She didn't hold her own. The only time. No, there was not even a time. I'm no, trying I didn't. to think. I mean, when she was trying to be tough, she sounded really put on. Like, acting school kind of acting, you know, yeah, unfortunately. Well, the worst scene was the scene in the interrogation room, I yeah, thought. Yeah, really? I was like, Because it oh. was like, oh, come on. This, who wrote this script? It's like, I, I'm not, I wasn't even, like, blaming her. I was thinking, like, wow, this is, like, really basic, like... Oh, she's really hot, and he's gonna keep commenting like, "Oh, she's hot," and then she's going to give him some. Uh, it was just really yeah. cruddy, like cruddy. Yeah. And she just continued to be that, and you know, she the nudity part is her being nude for a little bit, and um, it seemed gratuitous to me that like yep, ugh, totally like you know. So yeah, I didn't like her in it at all. It was um, com- she could have been pl- plucked out of it. I mean, with, you have a little, to... with a shuffling around of the plot. Yeah. And it not matter. Nope. Um, Edward James Olmos plays Papi Grico. He's really good. He's always good, yeah. yeah. Um, I liked the uh, line from Matt Wahlberg where he said to him, I've been wrecking my brains, I don't know what, what you look like. <laughs> oh, you look like a Mexican Albert Einstein. <laughs> but without the genius part, of without... course. <laughs> but, um... Hello, Senor Einstein. Yeah, it was really. I thought that was really funny. And he played it. I just like the vibe of that guy. Because I feel like he's threatening, and yet I feel like he's not. There are moments when... He's just when... a guy, but then... But he's, he's This top-of-the-chain guy. Yeah. Um, and on the other hand, that you've got Bill Paxton as Earl. I really liked him. I like yeah. Bill Paxton a lot, and it was Bill Paxton getting to be a bit... You know, like he said, like... A caricature of... Yeah. You know, a dude who's got that sort of southern accent... Takes no bullshit, un- completely uncompromising. Like there is no, he's not going to turn around and be the nice guy. He's not going to turn around and be, you know, borderline insane or borderline anything. psycho though. Like it, he's. I think that he has objective in his mind, and that is it. He sees the world the way he said it. Everyone's either out to get you or whatever he said, but everybody's bad. Yeah. And so he's just making his way through this world and he is has too much power and too much money. I think they're part of why it was more interesting these two supporting bad guys. Absolutely. They made a huge yeah. difference. Huge difference. I th- yeah, I definitely think so. Because we've seen other movies and I'm going to quote one in particular which is similar to this movie also and it's Oliver Stone's Savages. Um, it's a similar type of movie. It, it And... Really? Yeah, I thought so. It, it was it's it's like this. It's like a Michael Bay, Tony Scott. It's like an action. Um, what is with us today? Because I don't see that at all. But what I'm, ta- what I'm saying about Savages is the yes, it had its young cast there, and then the bad side of it, it just didn't for me. It wasn't didn't do anything for me. Yeah. Even though the setup was there, it just like all fizzled out towards the end but this movie keeps going because of these two guys like you you feel threat from these two sides right you're not just completely invested in only your front leading yeah. cast everybody and the other guy too whoever's I forget his name the Quince guy 
also really good. Yeah, like, I didn't put him down, but yeah. Miles, he's like a main James Miles. Yeah, he's like yeah. the third other secondary or whatever it's called supporting actor. Really good because I was convinced that he is same. He's on a track. He has a view of things. He's a certain kind of character. There's no arc to certain characters in this movie. There's no arc to Bill Paxton. There's no arc to that no, guy. No, they just show up There's no and arc then to... they are what they are, right? Yeah, exactly. They are what they are. There's no like uh, turning Back them story. around or making them worse or anything. They just are and committed to it completely, which I really liked. It um, seems really good, too. But yeah, when I was talking about savages... It, the bad, it was Salma Hayek, wasn't it? It was the bad yeah. side. And it all was kind of a bit... For me, it was very uninteresting when she... I, I like her, but it, but it was really um, like stereotypical drug lord. Yeah. Thing. But let's make a female. This was just more interesting to me. Like, yes, you could say he's Edward James almost. It's a stereotypical sure. Mexican drug lord. But there was something a, bit, a little bit different about him. <laughs> it's the person, isn't it? Yeah. When the person... Or the dialogue is, there's this intangible thing that is, it's when you're watching a movie like last week, where nothing worked for me. Nothing. Not one thing. And it's intangible. You can say, oh, the script is bad, the dialogue's bad, the actors aren't great, the the theme is this, and the idea is that, and the story's crappy. And those sound like solids, but they aren't. And this this isn't like an Oscar winning movie. Exactly. It's not like a genius script. It's not like... You don't think about things. It's not spurring you on to have a, like a to walk away from it going. Mm, think about whatever. Like you know, I think of movies like To the Wonder or Tree of Life, where it kind of resonates in you. It sort of ping pongs around. Or Inception. You know, those kind of movies where you you're thinking about it later and you go, Oh shit, yeah. This is like you watch it and you said it's like a popcorn movie. Almost like fast food. But there's something... The, yeah, but, but it's a good kind of fast food. Yeah, but This you, is like a crunch wrap from Taco Bell to me versus like one greasy french fry from like the shittiest fast food place on the strip where you, you're like, I really want something. So I know that this is the only place open. So I know they have french fries and you're eating the fries. You keep eating them and you're like, this tastes like shit. But they're french fries, so I just want something. That's what I think of like last week's movie. I'm not saying crunch wraps are great. Oh, this is my own <laughs> analogy. But, but then you have I the, love Taco Bell crunch wraps, and this is like that empty calories. No well, they're doubt kind about of staples. It. Like you, yes, you, you come back to these kind of movies satisfying. to watch them. Yeah. The, the, you know, like the kind of movies like Die Hard. It's no masterpiece. Exactly. You can come back to Die Hard whenever you want and go. This is going to be a fun ninety minutes. It's just a fun thing. Yeah, like well, we've mentioned uh, Beverly Hills Cop, Lethal Weapon. Yes, we fall for the formula. I get it. I'm a sucker. I get it. They, You've put together the right little elements, but then again, Getaway should be also the right elements, but it just isn't. So, I had huge fun time with this movie so, in terms of the people. Then the violence, I would be like, okay, boys, people with penises, we get it. You love blowing shit up and shooting people in the face. Get over it. Or in the <laughs> appendages in this movie. Yeah, it's like, I get it. You just get off on it. Or you get some power trip on thinking that if you could sit your boss down and shoot him in the kneecap, oh yeah, fuck yeah. I just think, get over yourselves. But so, this is directed that, by... I loved the action of it. From start to finish, I was like, almost, you know the vibe near the end of a movie. And I was like, oh no, no, I wanted to go, just, can we have another twist to make it go a little longer? But it didn't. So this is directed by Balthazar 
Carmico, and he also directed, uh, I'm sure I butchered his name, he directed Contraband and 21 Reykjavik, which I've not seen. But um, I feel like he's actually improved since Contraband. Contraband, we did a thing about. Yeah, I know what I'm saying. I feel like he's actually improved since Contraband. I'm just telling them, so if they're interested, they can go back and listen or read the review of Contraband. Last year, Contraband came out. And that was another movie that Mikey Mark... Um, Produced as well. Got together, yeah. He like So he came back to this director for this one. And I think he's improved a lot. It's, Absolutely. The other, that wasn't a bad movie, Contraband, by no means, either. It was well made. Pretty well. And then it just had that one... Just a couple of things made it not... You know, there's a little bit of hokiness and a little bit of like, but overall, it was another empty calories kind of a thing. There's yeah, no, but no that one was way more serious. It was way more. Um, it was it was kind of heisty, wasn't it? It was as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so is the Twenty One Reykjavik movie, also like a drug dealing heisty movie. So obviously, this is a thing that he's interested in. Um, but yeah, I really liked the style of this. I liked how it looked. Um, they definitely the locations were really cool. It was yeah. they, it made it have a certain vibe. It felt dirty to me a lot of the time, you know, because when you're dealing with the desert and people in the desert, it's pretty. Oh, this from the man who absolutely despises dust. Like if you even think something's dusty, you have to clean it. So I, I can imagine that seeing dust fly uh-huh. around, you would just be like shoving it off of you like oh I've got to get that dust off of me excuse but, me Denzel can I please dust you off so Getaway last week when we reviewed yeah. it it had like a bunch of extras and they totaled like a couple of minutes <laughs> it was very brief and they were really terrible this thank has, goodness for that this has some extras um, it has a bunch of deleted scenes and it also has a, a commentary with the director and the producer and then it has this uh, making of um it's like it's, you can split into parts. You can watch all the different parts, but we just watch the whole thing. But it's a pretty decent making of the movie. It wasn't very long. It was thirty-eight mm-hmm. minutes, which is long. I mean, it's good enough. But I'm just saying, yeah. yeah. Um, plus it, a document, plus a commentary. Yeah, I just said that, and it's pretty um, decent making of though. I mean, it covers the acting, the costumes, the stunts, um, how the movie came to be. The, yeah, a little bit about the graphic novel. It's, and the writer and the producer talks. It's pretty good, really. Why do I always find scriptwriters to be really obnoxious? The- I just think, I love this movie, I've had a really good time, and now the person, the, the puppet master, basically, behind it all, is really obnoxious. And they say things like, we really want the dialogue to pop, and we really want to hit the trend I think them and, I think like, um, the writers and the producers are always the ones who come... There's always like some producer as well on these extras, and the, yeah, I always think, what exactly really, you know, I know you can speak about the movie because you funded it partially or whatever, but I always think that they're just kind of outsiders rubbing their hands together, going, this will make us some money. And they say all of the pat, you know, like when you've watched a completed or looked at a completed thing a piece of art or a piece of music or a movie or read a book and you are kind of entranced by it you know it transports you to a different place you're thinking of all these interesting things it might have tapped into something in you or changed your view of life it could have inspired you could have just let you escape in in a really satisfying way and then it's like the man behind the curtain 
and you then you find out that the writer or the artist or the 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 puppet master behind the curtain is like some shammy corporate something and you just it all falls apart a little bit. So I always wish they wouldn't but the producers, unless it's somebody who's really obsessed with making movies. Tom Cruise is a producer on his movies. I know he wants to make money, but he also seems really into it. Could be totally Matt fake. Wahlberg seems into it. Yeah, that could be totally I'd rather Matt it. Wahlberg. Yeah, I'd rather it say... Or like um, Bourne. He's really into him as on well. On this movie, though, I'd rather it say Mark Wahlberg producer and him talk a bit about producing this movie rather than guy The guy that you think is disrupting Sleazy guy, yeah. yeah. Which I'm sure he's fine. Tallying at the end of every day. How much money are we spending? How much money are we going to make? I understand the logistics of making these things, but I I firmly don't always want to know the man behind the curtain. Like, it's not... It just isn't... So, a decent bunch of... Doesn't make it better. A decent bunch of extras um, and a decent movie. I I I recommend and watch this. I had a good time. My heart got to palpitating. I got excited for things that were going to happen. I was interested in every character except for her. I was definitely on board from the opening scene because obviously... Um, I was even interested in the dude who carried the guy's money and said like one line. I was like, he even does a good job of that. And so at some point, is he going to, you know, something going to happen to him? I was even curious about that. And he barely had a role. So um, we recommend The waitress this was interesting. Movie. <laughs> yeah, thanks to Universal for the Blu-ray. We recommend it after last week. You could say maybe we had low <sighs> expectations for this week, but no. It I had good. nothing. I, was, I, I First of all, I had no idea what the movie was at all. I didn't even know they had made a movie together. So I loved that it was So um, if you want to go and enter a contest, um, go to aschoolie.com. We've got some Blu-rays for giveaway. Not this one. No, but there's several contests and two new ones will be going up this week. So you can go and win. Next week's Blu-ray review will be Fast and Furious 6. I am excited for Fast and Furious 6 because I am a Fast and Furious fan. Sid Talk is rolling her eyes already. Taking deep breaths. But you enjoyed Fast and Furious 5. I will play you back the podcast and you enjoyed it. So let's see. Do parts of it. Yes. But I particularly like Tokyo Drift. And you might be pleasantly surprised. (laughs) So, um... Less cars, less Van, Di- Van, Di- Van Diesel, and that would make me... Van Diesel. <laughs> He's made for a car movie, isn't he? Van Diesel. <laughs> well, my so. dad's middle name is Van, so I, that, <laughs> that doesn't, that's not shocking to me. Which I really kind of find interesting, but I need to ask why his middle name is Van. As if, you know, like you say, like our name could, my name could be Von Sidtok. But his middle name is Van. All right, do movie. Uh, tell them what movie, movie is. Movie year is when I say movie and you say the year. That it was made, released, and we are not supposed to look it up and we're not supposed to just guess off the top of our heads, which this time you're probably going to have to guess at the one I'm picking for you. But it's kind of, I was trying to think of why even bother, but the thing is, when you've watched movies pretty much your whole life, like you and I have, uh, and you know, you, you don't watch them in chronological order. In 1985, I wasn't watching all of 1985 movies, and in 2001, I only watched 2001 movies, you know. Two weeks ago, I watched a 1987 movie, so they all get mixed up in your brain a little bit. And the older I get, the more I like to follow those things we were talking about, where you see like a trend happen, or a piece of technology that happens, or where all of a sudden, for five years, a whole bunch of movies have a similar thing. Oh, look, we've learned how to do green screen. Oh, look, we've learned how to do CGI. Oh, look, we've learned how to do really good guts and gore. And then all of a sudden, for like five or six years, 
it's the same kind of look throughout. You know, like, what's his name, Rick Baker? When you watch all of his movies, sure. you say, oh, yeah, that's a Rick Baker, because he you can just, just hit the scene and that was it. So I kind of like putting movies in my mind in chronological order. So my movie for you this week, I can almost guarantee you will not get it. But you can try. It is The Tramp with Charlie Chaplin. So think of Charlie Chaplin. You know, The Tramp. Yeah, I know. So I'll go for 1929. I'll give you that. That's (laughs) not close. (laughs) It's not close, but I understand why you would say 1929. Actually, 1914. It's an awesome movie. Film, whatever. It's a movie. 1914. The Tramp. Which I Now, um, I haven't rolled my movie year down, and, I, and we have no internet at the moment. <laughs> so, I can't. I, I can only give you this one. Okay. And the movie is Contraband. Because <laughs> I know when that one came out. You told me it was last year. So, what year did it come out? <laughs> 2012. The winner. You win. <laughs> I was. I had another one, but but I couldn't check. I can't check because I got no internet. Oh my god! So um, that's terrible. Yeah, damn MediaCom. (laughs) I turned around and noticed that. Let me guess. There's probably hashtag damn MediaCom out there somewhere. Probably. So, uh, but I can't look now. So you win. Thank you. Movie recommendations for this week. I am going with uh, True Romance from the from the late Tony Scott. Um, Obvious choice. Yep. But it's fantastic. One of my favorite movies of all time. Yep. And, uh, yeah, anything Tony Scott did was fantastic. And Pain, and, Pain and Gain from um, this year, which I also really enjoyed in a similar way to I enjoyed Two Guns. It was just a, like, shut your brain off, and then I was surprised by the fact that it was a true story. Your penchant for exaggeration has caught you in a snag, because Domino is not fantastic. No matter what you say, no. you know it isn't. So Tony Scott mostly is fantastic. I'd watch Domino though again. I mean, because it's but you'd be sitting there going, "This isn't as good as all of his other movies." I'd be like, "Yeah, this you just made Man on Fire, and this is similar to that with a girl, but it's not as good." Correct. And my recommendations are because I think if I watched it again, I might. I don't know if I'd like it more because I don't know if I like the guy, the other guy who's in it. What's his name? Ryan. Not, not Gosling. The Green Goblin. The, other, the Green Lantern. The other Ryan. <laughs> Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. But, as far as Denzel Washington, Safe House, he does this, you know, this the Denzel Washington thing. But it's actually got some interesting places and interesting action. It's I an interesting this, concept, I think. I think. That, yeah, I think that it's a reasonable one. And one that, we're being used to other examples, but 48 Hours is one of those mismatched kind of over-the-top caricature, buddy, not buddy, cop, not cop, action, comedy. But it's a comedy action, not action comedy. So 48 hours, man. All right, so games and Ace Scully stuff for this week. I've Nothing. Not, you've been playing nothing. <laughs> I've not played a ton of stuff, but I have been playing Tearaway, and I did finish Tearaway this week. And I said last week that you're, you know, it's this paper, little paper game on the Vita where you this paper envelope trying to deliver this message to you, actual you, outside here in the real world, and he's trying to, or she, in my case. And I did finish it, and I said I might tell you what was in the envelope, but I'm not going to tell because I think you should play this game because it's an exceptional game, and I think it's, like, 
it only happens occasionally, but there are some games that are like emotional level. Like, um, I know Journey is one of them. Flower is another one to some people. Um, Shadow of the Colossus is definitely one. They, they they evoke something more than most video games do. Shadow of the Colossus is so good. Yeah, so you'll like watch, you know, you'll play the latest Spider-Man game and there's no feeling of anything. Like, it's just, oh, Spider-Man and he's going to fight some people. But something like Shadow of the Colossus, there's something about it that's a bit magical, right? About Last of Us. Yeah, I would say some of the Mario games also do. There's something a bit magical about them that Aww. is not elsewhere, you know, like... I don't know, the, there's something... It's an intangible thing for me. And Tearaway has got that. And the message delivered at the end of Tearaway is that. You know, it's distilled into this game. The only thing I didn't like about it, if I had to give it a negative, was it was fairly short. Like, eight hours, and I was dawdling. If, if, you, if you were quicker than me, you would have probably got through it in four hours, I would say. Which is very short for a full-price game. But... The amount of... I said to you, Nintendo used to do this thing. And you could see creativity and love and everything in their games, right? And then recently, Nintendo games, I've been feeling they're a bit... Like, here's another one, here's another one, here's another one. And the love and the attention to detail has kind of been filtered out somewhere. These guys who make Little Big Planet, Media Molecule, this game, it's just full of that. It's, it's like... You can tell they had a, we're going to make this paper game and it's going to mean something. Also, it's go- we're not wavering on it. It's going to be this paper world and it's going to be a great game to play. And the gameplay is very similar to something like Super Mario 64. So it's nothing like um, groundbreaking because it's been done a billion times. It's just this style and the ultimate message and the breaking the fourth wall thing where you're in the game a lot. In fact, one time you go up to this um, palm reader and she says, I want to read your palm, take a photo of your hand. You take a photo of your hand. And then she's looking at your real hand on the table and she draws all the lines on your hand and gives you this reading. There's things like that in the game where it really sucks you in because it's like, wow, that's actually my hand in there. And she's reading it. I don't know if your hand would read different to mine. Maybe. Maybe it's Mm. just depending on where the lines are on your hand. But, um, Do you believe in palm reading? No. Alright then. Just saying. And a video game can't palm read you, but it's kind of a fun concept in the game. So um, that's Tearaway. It's on the Vita. It's only on the Vita. It will never be on anything else because it's made specifically for the Vita. Um, you should pick it up and play it. Um, Black Friday was... Uh, well, Thanksgiving was this week. Yeah. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? did. I was very uneventful. I like that. I like that. We uh, had a really cool... Um, vegetarian thanksgiving feast <laughs> was it a feast and then we watched loads of australian big brother if people want to know <laughs> what do vegetarians eat for thanksgiving everything else everything you eat that isn't the, that's not the bird the dead bird um or sausage or whatever i know people put all kinds of meat stuff in their food but um we had corn pudding or scalloped corn as my mother always used to call it some dressing that I made, some bread stuffing that I just sort of scrabbled together, and like it was sage fantastic. And sage and onion and some tomatoes and bread and veggie broth, and that was it. And it was amazing. I baked it long enough so it got all crunchy on top. We had a tofurkey roast. We had a tofurkey roast. I made mushroom gravy, which is always really good. And we had loads of vegetables. We had 
Brussels sprouts and zucchini just roast cooked potatoes. in the pan. Roast potatoes. I mean, a lot of roast potatoes, sweet potatoes and regular potatoes. I mean, and I made some rolls, just crescent rolls. I mean, how... It's pretty much all veg and carbohydrates. How is that not satisfying? It just didn't have any animal drippings or animal meat or animal muscles or flesh on the plates. No eggs, really. Let me think. I don't think there's any egg at all, anything. Even no milk, nothing. So, so it was delicious. And then we ate it again the next day. And then we watched a bunch of Australian Big Brother on in the evening. <laughs> and then it was Black Friday the day after. And I, don't, I hate Black Friday, personally. I don't want to go in the pit of the mosh pit of shoppers you know fighting for things i don't like it i don't like i went shopping on thanksgiving when normally everything's closed true but walmart was open and i needed a couple things went there and i told you the vultures were there hovering around the pallets and this was i went at two and the sale the little signs everywhere said this item is not until six o'clock this item is not until 6 p.m and there were people dudes in their little Jackets in their hands in their pockets, just hovering around. This was two o'clock, and then there would be like, you ask about electronics. There weren't many people in electronics, but it was more like housewares, where like towels and pots and pans and things like that. And there's toys that were on pallets, and they wrapped them in brown paper and everything. But there were just people just sort of like trying to inconspicuously. And I'm like, are you going to stand there for four hours? Just to get some pots and pans. And then the thing is, <laughs> as soon as the poor employee who has to come up there and start undoing that brown paper or undoing that plastic wrap and letting... Are you going to give him shit? Are you going to say, hey, man, can I just go ahead and have one of those? I mean, it's ridiculous. Oh, my God. It's not like you're going for insulin because you're about to die from diabetes. Your grandma's about to die from horrible disease and you have to wait in line for a cure. It's a stupid piece of nothing. I just find it insane. I don't like Black Friday, so I I did manage to get a couple of deals off Amazon um, on video games. I got a couple of Vita games for really cheap. Um, it's still going actually. Black, Amazon don't yeah. like quit on Black Friday. No, they leave it up for <laughs> nobody a, does. After the weekend, you might even still be able to pick these games. I get up. emails now from Target, Walmart, and Walgreens because God knows when I signed up for this shit. But, but that's literally all I got. Like two games, and um, I spent like. $15 max. I bought one thing, but it wasn't on sale. And it was for you, and it's under the tree. Nice. We put our tree up this week. We did. And we, uh, I wrapped, we, I wrapped all your presents and you put them did. under the tree. I love so, it. Um, so, yeah, that's it for this week. Oh, no, we also watched the Doctor Who 50th anniversary special. What did you think of that? I love it. I just love a Doctor Who anyway. It's really good. It. John Hurt was amazing. I, I'm, really I'm good. a bit sad because like, I want <laughs> John Hurt to be a permanent feature. But you want a whole season of him. I would like it. Um, I really... They kind of chintied out. The, they kind of built up to where they were going to have all the Doctors again. And it was really nothing. Like that port. It was me, a bit magical to see Tennant. It was and, magical, but... It yeah. Was, well, that... Yeah, and I like that. And to see Tom Baker. But the... Yeah... Oh, yes, because I like him. So when yeah. I watch ones with him in it, I'm just... Uh, you can see I mean, that's pretty awesome. Also, um, one thing, and I'm just a fan of Doctor Who, but I feel that it was, for Stephen Moffat, who I often criticise, I feel it was very cleverly put together. Yeah. Because it made sense. I mean, I love Rose Tyler, right? I've said that. She's my favourite companion. She made sense <laughs> in this episode. Because I, I was like, how can Rose Tyler be in this episode? It's going to be stupid. I, mean, I really like it. Sense, it. sort of, but then that just implies that she's his favorite too. It made sense to me, though. I mean, yeah. I, I, 
I was like, okay, it's not stupid. I get it, right? It makes sense to you because she's your favorite. Yeah, and I, I really, I really enjoyed it, and I liked that David Tennant got to mess around with Matt Smith a bit, and you know the the differences between them two doctors. You don't think about like fully until exactly. you see them acting together. Like, exactly. Like, oh yeah, they are quite different. Like it's you know playing off each other was really good. I'm not going to spoil this episode, but what Moffat did overall, like to for the future of the show, yeah, it was a means to an end. Was for amazing. Sure. But really good. Yeah. I mean, I was like, he really did that? Its fans are going to go mad? That's They're not going to... Like, I, w- I was thinking there's going to be a backlash on that. You don't mess with 50 years well, of lore. still is. It's been overly positive while when I went and had a look. I thought the thing hadn't been mentioned until... No, this just... David Tennant. No, just some... I don't want to give it away, but... Yeah. The f- yeah. The fact that... Yeah. That I mean, that's a new part of the lore in the last few years. It's not the whole of it, I don't think. No, it's been going... That's been in the lore, even from the old series, about Gallifrey. Oh. So, he really, like... Um, like, the core of the whole thing he messed with, which I thought was going to be a huge backlash, but I see people nothing but... And I just think they, they cleverly did it. Like, And it really felt like a special episode. Like... You know, it's the fiftieth year of a show. It's yeah. I, really, I really liked seeing the the TARDIS with the helicopter picking it up at the beginning. I like that Queen girl, that actress. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, and the one she's good. Yeah, that, the the helicopter taking yeah. the TARDIS. Um, I'd actually seen they actually did that. Like, um, yeah. that, that wasn't. A, I mean, yes, there was some CG, but they actually had some shots after the fact on BBC of Matt Smith. You know, in his harness, holding on to the TARDIS while it goes over Trafalgar Square, which must have been cool to be able to see that. So, um, it was awesome. The Christmas special, I think, could be even more special. Yeah, I'm just like, I can't, I don't like the sporadicness of it. No, it's a bit, it's a bit this, oh, here's half a season, here's a special. I don't like that myself. I'd rather have a permanent big, but we're not going to get that. So, we just have to take what we can get with Doctor Who. So, yeah, that's the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who. So, Sid Talk, what's for dinner? Tonight will be classic beans, your favorite, baked beans, some Morning Star sausage, because people like it when we ask in the morning. Not star. sponsored by Morning Star. <laughs> no. These <laughs> happen to be my favorite frozen non meat thing. Yeah. I like them. Veggie patties and whatnot. And um, some sweet potato mash, because I love sweet potato mash and some vegetables. And your advice it. is? And my advice is don't pretend, and you might not think you're pretending, but you are, to be like, this came from me from the Australian Big Brother thing. Don't pretend all the time to be like so humble and like modest and, oh, because it's, it's glaringly obvious that you're not. Now, I'm not talking to anyone specific that I know of who's listening to this, but I'm saying if you if you do the coy shit where you put your eyes down and you're like, oh, ha, 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 and apologize all the time to people and, like, people compliment you on something and you just bl- blow them off, but you're really inside, you're really like, oh, you know. It's, it's like, I don't know, it's like there's a transparency over the front of you and everyone can see in that it's fake. It's pretend. 
maybe you're convincing yourself that you're a super nice person and you don't want to like you know draw attention to yourself and you want to be really humble and modest and oh I'm not that great but it's really obvious that we all have an ego every single one of us has an ego we all want attention we all want compliments maybe in different degrees and different kinds and for different reasons but we all want people to say nice things to us to appreciate what we do to some degree and I, I don't think there's any person, human alive, I'm just putting it out there, any of the 8 billion people can come and disagree with me, if you are this person. But if you are this person, you're not going to want to draw attention to it. But everybody is selfish. Everybody's self-absorbed. And when you put out the fakeness of, you know... I just think we're watching Australian Big Brother and this Ben guy got thing, you know, eliminated or whatever, evicted. And he just does this like built in like, oh, no, oh, no, no, I'm not. I'm not that great. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. And he like, you know, and I see real people like that. And I just think, do you do you know how obvious it is? And to people like me who sort of really hate it, it almost is like a, I don't know, it's like a glass thing right in front of you and I just want to bust it through it and be like just admit that you love that I just told you how great you are own it <laughs> you know what I mean don't be all coy and shit with me just be like yeah I'm great you can thank me for the compliment that's fine but don't do you know what I'm talking about that feigned someone sure. has taught you or told you or implied to your like shoved it on you that you should be humble all the time. And I just disagree with that. There are moments when you shouldn't be glaringly like, hey, look at me, how fucking great I am. <laughs> like, that's not appropriate either. But I mean, don't put the fakeness on top of it because you're fine the way you are. It's fine to, for someone to say to you, you look really nice today, and for you to look straight in their face and go, yeah, I was thinking so myself. Thank you. It's very simple. It's not egotistical. It just is what it is. So, so, with that nice said, nice. on that bombshell, I want to remind you about our website, tastefully.com, sidtar.com. I don't think what I just said is going to come to a surprise to anyone. You can catch us on Twitter, Facebook, you can catch the podcast on the aschoolie.com, just click on the word podcast, listen to the podcast there, or use the Microsoft Music Store, the iTunes Music Store, the Stitcher, go to Stitcher, www.stitcher.com, just put aschoolie. Is that a sewing site? It is, actually. Mm-hmm. Why is it called Stitcher? They're stitching you up. Oh. And uh, you can email feedback to me at aschoolie at Don't email Sid Talk. And stay classy, Mr. Denzel Washington. Really? True. Now you think he's classy? Yes. I'm going to say think for yourself. Because if you don't do it, somebody's doing it for you. Oh.